Welcome to this week's edition of the Casual Shooters Podcast, your premier podcast for the casual shooter. This week's guest is a junior shooter. He's master class and open, and he finished eighth at Area 6 as a junior. So why don't everybody join me in welcoming to the show, Dylan Walker. Hey, Dylan, how are you? I'm good, how are you doing? I'm good. Glad you could join the show. Oh, yeah, happy to be here. So bef- why don't you take a moment and introduce yourself? So my name is Dylan Walker. I'm a rising senior right now in high school. Um, just turned 17, got my license in December. I've been shooting for about coming up on 10 years, almost wait, no, nine right now, coming up on 10. And um, it's been a lot of fun. Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> I'm a rising senior in age and you have more time as a 17 year old shooting than I do. That's, yeah, I that's unsatisfactory. Yeah. So I started when I was eight years old. I had this uh, 22 conversion kit on a STI Trojan. Um, and I just kind of went to practices with my dad. And I, ever since then, I just fell in love with shooting and it's always been super fun. I've been doing it. So I would say I did it as a hobby until I was about 12. And when I got to about 12 is when I really took it competitively and like very seriously. And that's when I started putting a lot more time into it. And I saw more progress. Okay. All right. Well, we'll get into all of that here in a moment. First thing I have to do is give you all the hard questions and interrogate you first. All right. Really <laughs> <laughs> now I know you said you've listened to at least one episode, so you might know some of the questions. I don't know, but question number one, what's your favorite movie? Probably star Wars revenge of the Sith. Uh, it's just really good. And I've watched it like 12 times. <laughs> Is that the red-headed one with the red paint no, all over? It's the one where um, Anakin turns to the dark side. And then... Oh, where he loses his legs in the lava. Yeah. Okay. I really like that movie. Okay. that That's a big turning point in that series. <laughs> all of a sudden, it becomes Darth Vader. Yeah. All right, cool. Okay, so we have found that most people don't read anymore. You are still in high school, and I don't know if they make you read, but if you've read, what's your favorite book? So, I read, but it's not voluntarily. But I would <laughs> okay. say out of the books I've read in the school year so far, um, ooh, The Devil in the White City was pretty good. I like that one a little bit. Um, but... I just kind of like hearing it a lot more. Like I can't, I don't have the patience, not patience, I guess, but the attention span to kind of just sit there and read. <laughs> I'll be so honest. what, what is devil in the white city? So it's a, it takes place in, I think it was late 1800s, early 1900s. It's about Chicago and the world fair and how there's a serial killer in that time. And he would um, pretty much kill prostitutes. And it's just about that, kind of. Oh, it's a Jack the Ripper in America. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Now, is that fiction or nonfiction? It's nonfiction. I think some of it was kind of edited, but I'm pretty sure it's based on a real story. Oh, okay. Interesting. All right. 
I did a book project about it, and I had to write like a six-page paper about it. <laughs> and why he was misogynistic? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Uh, at your age, I'm going to assume you're into the superhero thing. Maybe, maybe not. Occasionally. I, d I did okay. watch the new Superman movie that came out, the animated one. Okay. I have a yeah. son who will be 21 in September, mm -hmm. and he did too. So what is mm -hmm. your favorite superhero, or who is your favorite superhero? It's got to be Batman or Spider-Man, in my opinion. Okay. It why those two? So... I just really like the new Batman movie, the one that came out, I think, last year, two years ago. It, I, I just thought it was really, like, just a cool movie. I just think he's a total badass. Like, I just feel like he's just a really cool character. Just the way he kind of has no powers, I guess. That makes him different, but he's just rich, and he's just really cool. I don't know how to describe it. cool toys. I, I just always liked him since I was a kid. Okay. Now, have you seen any of the other ones before that? Yeah, I've watched all the ones on Netflix, and then I watched some of the other ones on some website. Okay, now what was it about him that you liked, or his character versus all the other ones? Why that one? Uh, I don't know. I feel like he was kind of like the hero that kind of acted like a villain, if that makes sense. Like, he's always, like, terrifying people, kind of. Okay. But, like... He's also, like, really kind. I don't know how to describe it, but he just has, like, a very scary appeal. But in reality, he's, like, a really good dude. Okay. It's that whole dark side thing. Yeah. There's a trend with you now, Dylan. <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> dark side. Batman and his dark side. <laughs> I sure open it. <laughs> there you go. Oh, goodness. All right. So, your favorite gun of all time and your favorite caliber. And they don't have to be the same. They don't have to be linked together. So, the gun I'm currently shooting, it's a uh, Staccato DVC Open. It's in 9mm. Um, I've been really liking that gun. Um, it's just really fun to shoot. But any kind of open gun, really, I just really enjoy shooting. Okay. Yeah. I just like pistols a lot. Okay, what about caliber? Probably nine millimeter. It's just so versatile. You can use it. I mean, minor, major, whichever one. We use um, nine mostly in our house. Okay. Yeah. Now, when was the? You said you started about nine or ten years ago. So mm -hmm. when was the first time you shot a gun? When I was eight oh. years old, I don't remember the exact date, but I was eight, and okay. my dad had taken me out to the range, um, Sir Walter Gun Club. I don't know if you heard it, of it. Yep. It's a really great match. It's awesome. It's great. But um, he took me out to a practice session one day with all of our buddies, and he had me shoot this twenty-two caliber on a um, Staccato, not Staccato, SDI Trojan. He had a conversion kit to shoot twenty-two even though they're made in nine, which is really cool. But it was just a ton of fun. And then when I was about 10, I shot the Trojan, but with a nine millimeter. And then when I turned about 12 or 11, I would say, is when we got the STI open gun. Okay. 
So now at that point, so that's about the same time you said you got into it seriously. Yeah. The, so the opening what? really turned me more competitive. Oh, okay. Because um, I guess I just wasn't, I don't say mature, but I hadn't thought of it too seriously. But once I got the open gun and I started like performing better and just seeing a lot of more results um, with how I was shooting, I just really wanted to see myself and how I could succeed better and how it could, like how I, I could turn out in just a couple of years, really. Okay, so at about 12, your dad gets this open gun. Really it, makes you com competitive. He bought the open guns for him um, as like his <laughs> own retreat. But the ironic thing is the gun, well, the guns had shown up on my birthday. <laughs> like, oh. It's my birthday. And so he just had this little kid in the kitchen playing with an open gun, just smiling. I was smaller than a big popper and I had these like really chubby cheeks, baby face and everything. So it was just really hard for him to just turn down. <laughs> so, so you were shaped like a popper with your cheeks being the center. <laughs> okay. Ipsic poppers, which is the yep. circle and the rectangle plate. Yeah. That, that right. Now, so you got serious at that time. Did you, what type of training did you start doing then? So um, I also play tennis as well. So I'll be doing both. Um, I used to do tennis about three to four times a week, but I've kind of backed off that now because I've taken shooting a lot more seriously. Um, but we would always like set up kind of a mini stage and that would really help me with my gun handling skills, getting used to the gun and the recoil just because, Going from a nine millimeter single stack, which is minor, to a open gun, fourteen hundred feet per second is just a huge difference. So I would always just do like little mini stages with my friends and my dad and whatnot. Um, and that was, it was pretty fun, and it it really helped me enjoy the sport a lot more. And I guess it kind of helped me like grow the addiction. What about dry fire? Did you start dry firing then, or? So I, I did dry fire, and I'll be honest, I have been slacking on dry fire a lot lately. <laughs> um, but I used to I used to dry fire quite often, and um, I don't know I kind of found it fun. But most of the time, I would find myself like dry firing a little bit, and then just finding YouTube videos of world shoots like Todd Jarrett um, and Tilly and all them from um, like world shoots in the '90s and whatnot with all, when they used to record them a lot. Um, well, they still do, but I don't find them online as much, but I would just always just watch it. And I just find myself just sitting there for an hour and a half, just watching YouTube videos. Now, do you think you picked anything up from watching those videos? hundred percent. Um, I feel like mm. I've learned a lot with watching people shoot. Um, I'm lucky enough to shoot with a ton of really talented people at Sir Walter and just a ton of people in North Carolina. You got Ty Jarrett. Um, I'll see Chris Tilly every now and then uh kyle light really good um but just a ton of people my dad i've also really just looked up to since i was a little kid i always thought so he he's currently a master in limited i believe i think and open no he's open a but um uh, i don't i've just he always has a ton of friends around and i they're always really good shooters um 
I've just grown up a lot around the people. And I guess I've just learned a lot from them, I guess you could say. Just watching people. Right. Now, how much has your tennis playing helped your movement in shooting? So I did. So with tennis, you do like a lot of drop stepping and cross stepping. Um, and so I found that all the movement that came into shooting, I just found it really natural just because I've already been doing it for so long with tennis. But the only thing I wasn't used to was gravel and drop stepping and gravel. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I almost fell forward when I did it for the first time. But I'm just learning how to um, incorporate tennis into shooting just really helped with my movement, I found. Well, and I feel like the like I haven't played a lot of tennis. I played a little bit of tennis, right. um, but I played a lot of racquetball. Mm -hmm. And there's there are some similarities there. But I feel like with tennis, too, I mean, you're changing direction pretty quickly at times. Right. So I feel like that, too, you know, you end up getting that point where your body just naturally knows how to position itself. Yeah. to quickly change position, move in and out of position. So I feel like that would be a, a big help as well. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's definitely a game changer for me. Um, even I was about, like, 12, I would say, like, when I first really got into it, I just, like, I've always, I'm not trying to, like, toot my own horn, but I found that I always had pretty good gun handling skills um, and just kind of awareness of my body and what I'm doing with it, I guess you could say. And I get, I think yeah. that tennis will help you with that. Just having that connection. Really right. Mm -hmm. I also feel like the other uh, big advantage would be hand-eye coordination, which goes yeah. to gun handling skills, you know? It's kind of funny. Like on just normal stages, like field courses and whatnot, my reloads will be completely fine. And then I get to a classifier and I'll not even try to sandbag it, and then I just mess up the reload completely. I don't know why. It's just like a subconscious, like, sandbagging kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now, how how often, as you were got the gun and started to get older, how I know you said, that, you know, your dad would set up little mini stages and you and your friends would shoot it. But how often were you able to actually do live training? Um, so we would, so we typically go once a week for practice and then we'll shoot a match. We'll try to shoot a match every weekend. So we'll try to shoot about twice a week. Um, but I mean, yeah, we'll definitely try to shoot twice a week. If we have time available, we'll try and go more, but we shoot every Wednesday, shoot a match Saturday and then just prepare the rest of the time. Okay. Now, when you say prepares, is some of that you would normally dry fire? I know you said you've been slacking lately, but is that, that usually you would dry fire? Yeah. Just because okay. um, we'll practice what we needed to improve, like the previous match, and then we'll see how like our shooting changed and developed between matches, and then that time period between the match and the next practice session would be where you analyze your videos and whatnot and just see what to improve, which I found really helped. So did your dad help you learn how to analyze your videos or how did you figure that out? So um, partially, and then I also have a buddy, his name's Jared Heinrich. Um, we call him Beaker because he looks like Beaker when he runs around. It's pretty funny. 
but um, he's a very analytical guy, and um, I always remembered like he would always point out little details while he was shooting. So every time he finishes shooting, like at a practice, he'll walk back to load his mags, and I'll overhear him like talking to himself about what he could have improved in that run, like what could be better. And so I've been kind of, um, what's the word? I've been implementing that into my own analysis. And so I found a lot of inefficiencies with like my movement and whatnot through what he was saying, like a drop step versus just a push off, which I, I found really helped. Okay. Now, have you, have you done a lot of actual like match video breakdown or do you just do it immediately after your runs? So before I got my driver's license, I would um, shoot the match. And then on the way home while my dad was driving, I would just watch the videos and then ask his opinion on some things. Um, and then I would just take a nap on the way home. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I would watch the videos after the match because I wasn't able to drive. But now that I have been, now that I got my license, I'm kind of my dad's chauffeur now, I guess you could say. So um, I've been, I've been just getting home and then just kind of think about how I shot. And then after that, kind of do a little bit more analysis and then look into the video, which I found was really helpful as well. Okay. Um, while you were talking, I was grabbing something. So mm -hmm. Lanny Basham came out with a, a, a book, like a log book where you can log everything in like how the training went that day or how your match went, stuff like that. Aim size makes one as well. I kind of like it a little bit better um, because there's more questions that they ask you and you fill out. Do you yes. use anything like that? I'll be honest. No. Um, okay. Recently we've been kind of backing away from the whole stage because um, that really helps with a lot of visualization. But recently we've been doing like more drills, like accelerator, distance change up, um, all those kind of like different drills we do. Um, I don't know if many people know, but the Canadian X drill, I learned it at the Chris Silly junior camp, but it's a movement class. Um, not movement class, but a movement drill essentially. And it's just doing those little drills help me apply it better into the match. I guess you could say just cause you get to focus on that one specific, um, skill. I don't know how to describe it, but I just really like doing drills. A lot more now recently. It's the Canadian X drill. I think so. Is what he called it. Uh... it you get um, four barrels into like a rectangle, and you can run around the barrels in like kind of different patterns. Okay. It's the Canadian X drill or the X drill? I'm not 100% sure. We just call it the X. Um, we'll just okay. get four barrels and put it in a rectangle, and you can. You know, start in the center of the box, the outside of the box, and you can just run through the course, essentially. And that helps with tracking the dot well, sights while you shoot. And just, it, I don't know. It's, it's pretty helpful. Okay, so you're doing it with a gun. Yeah. Okay, because I, I did do a quick Google search, and now I see what you're talking about. Yeah, they just – I see their cones put out in like a bit – four cones put out in a big square, so – and it's called so, extra. Okay. For our group, we usually have like a five, four person practice session. And 
you know, when we first set it up, we'll get the stage set up, make sure everything's right. There's no shoot throughs, whatnot. And then we'll go through and just walk it a couple of times so you can visualize it really nicely. And then um, we'll just kind of run through it, analyze each other and just see how everything goes. Oh, so you take turns analyzing each other? Um, I wouldn't say analyzing, but it's more like observances. So okay. um, whenever like I'm kind of pushing a little too hard, and I'm kind of just racing instead of actually shooting. Um, you know, Beaker will pull me aside and be like, hey, you need to slow down. And that kind of really helps because you get to see everyone's like different perspective, I guess you could say. Like recently, we've been telling my dad a lot that he needs to split a little faster and use that trigger finger. <laughs> okay. Because he's got a little trigger, but he just doesn't slap it enough when he needs to. Um, and so we'll be telling him that we got a couple guys that shoot a little low because of their focus point and whatnot which I, I think really helps just as a group being able to critique each other, just being honest. And I think that just helps everybody improve. Okay. Now, do you have, um, looking at this setup, do you have like a target set up in one spot or something? So you're always keeping focus on that area? Um, we set up two targets on each side. So you get your square essentially. And then off, the angle of the top left barrel, you get two targets and kind of wide transition them. And then off the right side of the barrel, you do another two targets, but you got to set them up properly so you can see the all four targets from every section, essentially. Um, well, I guess each side. So all the, both the targets on the left side, you have to be able to see from the entire left side of the box. And then all the targets on the right, you have to see from the right side of the box. It's kind of tricky to okay. set up, but it's pretty nice. Okay. Sounds like a very interesting drill. So what is the goal of the drill? Is it maintaining your dot on the target or what? There's multiple, um, I guess you could say. So the main one is being able to track your sights while you move. So just being able to notice like the timing of when you shoot. Like, do I shoot when my right foot comes off the ground and then my left foot lands or d just the timing of different movements and incorporating that mm. with the dot and just seeing how the shot feel kind of, and just getting to know how to shoot on the move essentially. Okay. How much has that improved your game? Um, so I used to be pretty decent. I feel like I was at shooting on the move and then we kind of stopped doing it for a little bit and I could really tell, like just being able to track my dot dropped a lot more. So we've been kind of picking it back up a little bit more recently. And I feel like I've gained a lot more confidence. I feel like 90% of this sport is just well, more than 90 actually is just mental and just having that confidence of knowing when to shoot is just really helpful. Okay. So it sounds like um, if you don't maintain it, then you're losing it. So it's a perishable skill to some degree. Right. Okay. I'm going to, in the end, it's kind of like riding a bike, but when you don't do it for a while, it kind of just fades away, but you just kind of need to refresh it, right? Okay. Yeah, I get you. Um, now, when did you start shooting major matches? Um, I don't remember the exact year, but I've been shooting the Carolina Classic since 20... 17 i think 2017 
was my first Carolina Classic. Or 2013. Wait, let me look, actually. I have the plaque from that match. Okay. 2016. Ah, 2016. Okay. I had one. <laughs> D-Class Single Stack Junior. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And 2016, you were about 10? Maybe yeah, I think 11? Yeah. Wow. About 10, 11. That wow. was the most nervous I'd ever been for a match. I'll be honest. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was just because I had never shot a major match. And I didn't. So it was hosted at Rowan County. Um, well, Rowan County Wildlife Club. And we, we used to always go there and shoot the local match there. But just the whole presence of all, like, the sponsors and big stages with just so many people being there. It was just such a, uh, I guess, nerve-wracking experience. Just being a little kid there, a bunch of big adults that are just with guns. It, it was pretty cool. Um, but I've, I've been a lot more comfortable, I guess you could say, with shooting. But I guess I still get nervous and in my own head, which is a big weakness of mine. As of late, but I've been working. You're 17. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll grow out of it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I get it. I, you were probably the smallest and the youngest guy there. I, I was. I brought the age average down to about 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know that I've shot a major match with anybody that was 10. So, yeah, that's that's pretty significant. Thank you. So how many how many nationals have you shot? Uh, let me think. I shot the 2018 classifier nationals, and then I think 21, 22, and then we'll be shooting 23 this year. Okay. So this, this will be my fourth one. Okay. Now this one is this one in Ohio or is CMP? Uh, open I national, I think, is CMP. Yeah. Okay. It'll be uh, in yeah, yeah. yeah, it's Iron Sights and Carry Optics. It's uh, in Ohio then. Yeah. Okay. So are you are you looking forward to that? Oh, yeah, 100%. I think I've always enjoyed shooting nationals. It's just really fun and like a good learning experience. Just because with like local matches that are like six stages, um, there's not much of an emphasis of like – the marathon, but more of kind of just staying in your game, just that short amount of time. But with nationals, just because it's such a long event. Well, for me, it's a long event, but World Shoot is like really long. But for me, compared to most matches, it's a really long event. So just having that mental strength to just keep staying consistent through that match and just being able to maintain my body at that level, I guess you could say, is just just learning about that has been really, really fun. Okay, well, let's go there. Let's go there then. When you said learning about that, have you been reading? Well, you don't like to read books. I get it. Um, but <laughs> mental management, what have you been doing to improve your mental game? So I've been shooting a lot more local matches like there are major matches. And I've been kind of holding myself to a certain standard with my stages. Um, so even if I do win the stage, if it's not like, to me, winning it doesn't really mean it mean much if I'm not happy with it, I guess you could say. Um, just because I want to set myself to a standard where any match I go to, I can keep competing at the same level I want to, I guess you could say. Okay. 
do you listen to any other podcasts or um if i do it'll it would be in the car but i, I mainly just listen to music a lot of the time i'll be honest um i'll listen to like little snippets every now and then but i don't particularly like study them i guess you could say now do you know who steve anderson is of course <laughs> okay i i didn't want to make the assumption uh yeah, i'm just asked because he's got a lot of mental management podcasts you know right he came to um sir walter i think it was last month or the month before there yeah you go. Cool dude. i was glad i got him at meet him okay have you have you taken any classes at all by, with anybody? So, I haven't paid for a class. I took the Bill Drummond Junior Camp. Um, I forgot what year that was. I think it was when I was thirteen or fourteen, and then the Chris Tilly Junior Camp, which was hmm. also a couple years ago. But now, I, have I you, did want to go to the Max Michelle one, but I wasn't able to just because school. Um, I'd had a miss. Uh, okay. For that, so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Have you and your dad considered you taking any classes from anybody, whether it's Chris or Todd or Steve or anybody else? So Todd, so he shoots on our squad at Sir Walter just about every month if he can. Um, and just being around him, I've kind of learned a lot as well. Just because when you watch him shoot, he doesn't look fast. Just the way he shoots and moves. But in reality, he's like zooming, which is the, it's the cool part for me. Like you'll watch guys like Tilly and Todd, and you'll just watch him. And the, it'll be like, oh, okay, I can do that. And then you'll hear their time, and you'll be like, oh, my God, that was fast. Because you just don't realize that they're shooting the whole time, and there's just no dead time while they're shooting. So it's just so efficient where it doesn't look fast but in reality it's just really fast and and that's the key word efficiency because yeah, yeah it's not that they're moving fast but they're moving very efficiently mm-hmm. absolutely so do you have a favorite shooter oh like anybody whose game you would like to emulate like how tall are you dylan six two uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> so you're not homeschooled, but do, are, do you live on a farm or property, anything like that? No, I, I live in the suburbs. Okay. All right, yeah. so you're one out of three on the national championship questionnaire. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got the height. We, we do have a range. It's about 30 minutes away. It, 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 Sir Walter, it's a really nice facility. It's great. Okay. So is there, are there any taller... Um, shooters that you watch because I feel like watching people your height and seeing mm. how they do stuff would help you as well. Also, I don't really know how tall they are, but I do watch um, JJ a lot, Mike Kwong, Tilly, obviously. Um, I, honestly, I just watch the whole Super Squad. Like, I'll just mm. watch all their videos on YouTube and whatnot. Just because either way, you're going to learn a lot from whoever you watch, in my opinion. Like, I could learn something from somebody that's a C-class shooter, in my opinion. Just watching anybody, you can still learn, in my opinion. 
Well, I, I agree with that. I mean, you mm -hmm. can learn something from anybody. It doesn't matter, but I kind of feel like there are certain things, you know, like who knows if you're done growing yet, you know, you might end up six, four, and then, you know, you've got Nils and you've got Mason and, and people like that who I could see where you might go and look at the way they move because uh, I'm 5'9". You mm -hmm. and me are going to move differently around a stage, you know? Right. So that's that's why I bring that up. That's mm -hmm. the only reason I ask. Now, with school, mm -hmm. how do you... How do you determine what your match schedule is going to be based around school? Um, so anything local where I won't miss a day more than two days of school, I can do. Um, so with kind of the school schedule, we start at September and then we'll end. I just ended school actually about two, three weeks ago. No, yeah, two weeks ago. Um, and so just like nationals, I'm going to be missing two or three days of school, but because it's nationals, we have to. But the way me and my family have done it is if I have all A's and B's, then I can go. Um, and so I've, I've been, I've been working hard at maintaining not only school, but also um, just my shooting capability essentially. But we, the only major matches I've shot are, North NC section, South Carolina section, Virginia State, Area 6, and then Nationals. So I, I try not to miss school if I can. Um, but if it's like a really big match where I, I really want to go, then I can miss up to two days of school, essentially. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like if you wanted to shoot Area 8, you might – you might miss Thursday and Friday if you're shooting a Friday, or you might just miss a Friday if you're shooting Saturday, that type of thing. Yeah. Okay. Because I can't imagine um, with, air, like, like let's say you wanted to shoot Area 8, it being in Pennsylvania, that's probably something where you're traveling the day before, staying overnight, shooting the match, and then yeah. going home. Yeah. Okay. So how... You mentioned that you'll shoot on Wednesdays, so during the school year, why Wednesday? Um, it's kind of just in the middle of the week. So, like, if I have, it's also a good break time from the match and your next practice session. It's kind of just in the middle, which just works out really nice. Because if I have too much homework on Wednesday, I can do it on Thursday and the day before, just with the my school schedule. Because I have an A B schedule. So if I have my A day homework assigned on. Monday, it's a, it'll be due on Wednesday. So it just gives me plenty of time, and I just have enough time. And it's just, I don't, it's just really convenient. We've been doing it since I was in third grade. So it kind of just works out really nice. Okay. I didn't know if it was like maybe that was the day your, your dad was able to get to the range easier or what. Okay, so it is just your school. Oh, no, we've, um, we've actually been to the range while he's in a work meeting, which is pretty funny. You'll just be on a call. <laughs> while yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I hope you don't get him in trouble. No, Secrets no, no. out. <laughs> <laughs> so, when would you dry fire during the week? Then, like before school or after school? Both? What? Uh, definitely after, just because for school I have to wake up about six, so I don't have the energy or the willpower to be dry firing at six in the morning. 
Um, so I'll, I'll typically do it after my homework or like right after dinner. And how long would that dry fire session normally last? It depends on the day. I'll be honest. Um, sometimes five minutes, sometimes 30. Um, but it, it just depends on what I'm working on and how it's feeling, I guess you could say. Um, and just what the focus is for that particular dry fire. Hmm. Okay. How do you determine what your focus is going to be? So that leads back to, um, the match, right? So how that went and then what I want to focus on in practice, I'll start trying to learn new things that I could implement in the live fire. Um, like that could be a different grip, like the way you grip the gun, how much pressure you add or like where your eyes go when you reload and whatnot. I just find just kind of trying new things in dry fire helps, but then learning how it works in live fire as well. Okay. Now is that stuff that you've done that you're, you're trying to improve on or are those things that you've seen others do and you're, or maybe talk to about and, or Both. is it a combination? Both? Okay. Um, I remember, I don't know if Tilly still does it, but he used to preach um, the push-pull grip. So you would push on the gun with your right hand and pull back with your left hand. Um, I, I tried that for a little bit, and then after that I tried um, like kind of being kind of loose with my right hand but squeezing it really hard with my left. Um, I, for me, I've been doing kind of adding pressure with both hands but also kind of making sure my fingers are loose. Um, I just found that I have a really good connection with my, okay, this is going to sound really weird, but I feel like I have a good connection with my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I may have to beep all that out. <laughs> I don't blame you. But, um, <laughs> yeah. um, so I find I'll add pressure with both hands, but kind of emphasizing with the left. But okay. that is based off the draw. Um, I have a slower draw than most people, I would say, just because I like to make sure I have that grip correct. Because if, it, if it's screwed, then I have to fix it, and that costs more time than just adding a tenth to my draw. So Okay. Mm -hmm. So no scoop draw for you then. You're going down, grab it. Okay. Like, I mean – each person's different, but for me, I find that it was very inconsistent. I tried it a little bit in dry fire, but I almost dropped the gun like twice. So for me, that was an immediate no. Um, but then again, I could also use more practice with it. But for me, I just found my grip was a lot more consistent, just being able to feel the gun when I do draw, just making sure I have that solid grip when I do. Yeah, I don't, I don't have Isaac Lockwood level sponsorship. I'm not doing a scoop draw. <laughs> I, I can't I can't afford that many optics that I when I throw the gun. That so, guy is so fast. It's scary to me. It is ridiculous. Like a half ridiculous. a second. It's, it's, it's crazy. It is insane. Well, I mean, yeah, but you know what? Over time, that's pro you're probably just going to get faster and faster and faster. He's you know. So he has to have a fast draw, or else he can't be famous, in my opinion. <laughs> He darn near got rich at last year's nationals oh, yeah. <laughs> with the side match. So this is your senior year. Yes, sir. You were saying, okay, what are your plans at the end of your senior year? Um, definitely go to college. I'm not hundred percent, which 
yet as of now, but I was definitely thinking of going in undecided just because I'm not really sure what I want to do post-graduation, just employment-wise. Um, at one point, I was considering law enforcement, but just with the recent climate towards law enforcement, it's, it's kind of a no thank you for me. Um, but I've been thinking about going into college kind of undecided and then doing all my core classes, get that out of the way, get my credits, and then kind of trying to find and pick a major, but worst case, just fall back on a business major was my plan just because business you can do anything with. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of a, a catch all, but it's a good catch all. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, I'm just that's so always a good I'm pretty fortunate. And so is there n no certain topic that interests you? Um. So I have a couple that don't. So I've been kind of, crossing out subjects that don't interest me and then kind of narrowing it down. Um, I found that kind of like financials, like finance. I don't know if, do you say finance or finance? I say finance. Okay. So I, I found that finance was pretty interesting, just the way money works, just because we don't learn about that in school unless you take the class, which you don't see many people doing. But they are mm -hmm. required in North Carolina, I think by state law, to take an economic class. Um, so I'm kind of looking forward to that just to see what I can learn about it. Just because, I don't know, I feel like money is a very important topic and I feel like not many people know about it. So I thought it was just a very interesting kind of topic. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that um, is probably underserved in mm -hmm. like high school. Yeah, yeah. Every, every student, in my opinion should have to take an economics class to learn how our system works, you know, agree. balance a balance, a budget and a checkbook and, and all of that, you know, there's kids at my school. They spend and like every, every time we go to lunch, they'll get, um, just anything. They'll buy food, which automatic really expensive throughout the whole year. Cause that's what, a hundred something days of just buying food every day, which is just gets really expensive over time. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a lot of ammo. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of food. Might be another optic or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> it could be two optics. It could be. You never know. Yeah. Depending on which one you buy. Mm -hmm. Cause again, I don't have Isaac Lockwood sponsorship type stuff, nor <laughs> Jay Beal, nor Max Michelle, nor any of them. So comes out of my pocket. Oh, yeah. Um, so would you think you would do like a community college first then to knock out all your generic so stuff and then go? Um, I was looking into that, but I'm fortunate enough to be in a position where my dad wants me to go into a four year just because just time wise, it'd be a lot more efficient just to get straight into it. Um, and I've also taken a lot of credit classes in high school um to kind of help with that just to kind of get it knocked out um just because I'm, I'm just really fortunate with the situation i'm in really okay do you is there a certain university then that you're looking at um i was thinking about nc state a lot um all the unc schools are also really good too but i was hoping nc state as of right now okay i hate them <laughs> because back in the early 80s they beat uh houston in the in the uh, ncaa tournament 
No son of guns. I wasn't even born that man. <laughs> no, I know you weren't. I was actually in <laughs> high school. <laughs> I'm like three of you. Actually, I'm more than three of you in age. So, oh, yeah. it's so funny. There's this um guy that we practice with. It, we'll like smack talk each other a lot, and then every time I can't think of something, I'll, I'll just say he's old enough to be my grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> Is he? Yeah, he's like 67, I think he was. Oh, yeah, he's got me beat. Yeah, he's old. I mean. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I mean, at least you, you know, you're, you're leaning towards a university already. I mean, that's half the battle right there. So at one point I was considering law enforcement and possibly military, but um, just the way everything's been kind of working out with, you know society and whatnot so i'm going to say two things no to the first one i agree with you look i'm a firefighter paramedic my sister is in law enforcement um and just because of the way things are right now i would agree with you Um, i mean that's that's not a slight just because i mean i feel like it would be like a job i would find mm, sorry I feel like it would be a job I would enjoy, just mm-hmm. helping people or not. But I feel like I would feel a lot more comfortable <laughs> in like a higher up position. But just to get there, just I don't know. I just feel like it's right now isn't the best time to go into that field. Especially. Right. Now the two questions I have, I'm going to ask them both at the same time so I don't forget them. Mm-hmm. Is if you're thinking military, have you talked to Aaron Eddins? or anybody from AMU, and two, um, because of where you're at in your shooting career, we haven't gotten to your shooting goals yet, but have you considered talking to Christian Seiler at Nationals? Because, I mean, he was going through college and and shooting at a very high level. Mm-hmm. So um, AMU really was like a – when I was younger and I didn't know anything, it was kind of like a like a dream. Like, whoa, I get to get paid to shoot free, just have a ton of fun, right. travel right. everywhere and shoot. Um, and I've been fortunate enough. So Aaron Eddins, he 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 used to shoot our local matches all the time before he moved mm-hmm. down to, to AMU. Um, right. So it's funny. I used to give him tips and whatnot when I was younger, when he was first beginning to shoot, and now he's national champ, which is just crazy to me. Um, like, I don't know. I feel like a dad, not a dad, but like, <laughs> like someone that watched him when he first started to now, like where he's at now is just crazy to me. Just how quickly he's improved. He just skyrocketed out of nowhere. Um, but I was thinking about Amy at one point, but I had talked to some people about it and, um, they only have one slot per division. So mm. since Aaron, open it'd be very difficult for me to unless he quit so it's just it also i also heard it kind of gets very um repetitive eventually so it's, and i'm not very like a repetitive person i like new things just because i don't have the i don't say attention span but just i guess attention span for that <laughs> repetitive well i i think they also let them though kind of venture out into like prs and other stuff like they let them dabble in some of the other shooting sports as well so 
but I mean, it's, it, it, it is. And we had, I had Julie Golub on and she talked about the pressure, you know, cause you're always expected to perform oh, yeah. constantly. You're constantly, you know, being judged for how you're performing. So right. there's that extra pressure as well, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. Now, what are your shooting goals? What do you, what do you want to do? I definitely want to go to world shoot eventually. Um, but personally, I just don't think I'm there as of right now. So I would definitely want to put in more time into it. But just with school and whatnot, I just won't have time unless it's in the summer. Um, well, I'll have, I'll have time, but it would just be really hard to fit into the schedule, um, especially coming up on senior year where everything's so kind of nitpicky, I guess you could say. Like everything's very important in that first semester. Um, but I definitely want to go to World Shoot eventually. Um, I haven't really thought about goals, I I'll be honest. Um, I definitely need to, to kind of push myself more. But um, I don't know. I've kind of just been having fun and just really being – I just really enjoy being competitive, especially at these kind of matches um, and just seeing how I progress. I feel like it's my favorite part about this whole event, like a sport you could say. Um, it's been, I don't know. It's just been really fun. I just want to see how I progress. Okay. So mm -hmm. no pressure right now, but eventually you want to do something oh, more. I mean – Too much pressure on myself just because I want to perform at a high level. But I just don't have, like, a set goal, I guess you could say. Like, I want to win a national championship one day. I want to go to World Shoot, perform really well, maybe even win one eventually. But I just – I don't know. It's just so far in the future where I have so many big decisions to make where I just – I can't really have anything certain. Um, Just with college and whatnot. I just – I'm not 100% sure. I haven't thought about it enough. Okay. and And that's what I was going to bring up next was – so I believe the next world shoots in 2025, mm -hmm. which is two years. So three seasons, this is one season, next year's another. And then world shoot would be like your sophomore year in college. Yeah. The beginning of your sophomore year in college. So I feel like 2028 is probably a more realistic based on what you're telling me here. Things always yeah. change, but Based on what you're saying here, it looks like 2028 would be your target date then. Yeah, hopefully. Now, do you see yourself working in the firearms industry at some point? Um, honestly, I'm not sure. I feel like it'd definitely be very fun just because I feel like there's not a lot of – well, I don't know how to put this. But I feel like it'd just be very fun just to shoot guns, I guess you could say, and test them. Um, and whatnot, I, I yeah. don't know. I'm not 100% sure about a lot. All right. You're young. You're still trying to figure it out. But yeah, I mean, look at, uh, you know, Max with Sig, uh, mm. Nils with Canic. Right. I'm sure he had a lot to do with their rival series guns, the, the polymer and the steel. Yeah. You know, and I know he was working with them on their Mechanic 03 optic which is going to be their big um, competition optic. So there are, you know, and um, JJ with Beretta and on down the line, you know. So there are some some options out there. I guess it depends on how things go, too, with the political nature of, of America. 
especially with the high schoolers I'm around, I guess you could say, um, I'm very nervous about what's to come. So are they all, I don't want to use the term anti-gun, but for lack of a better term, are they not as supportive of the second amendment? So it kind of depends. Um, a lot of people think that it is kind of a necessity, but also everything needs to be a lot more strict. You don't need anything more than 10 rounds. Like any, everything has to be very well documented. Um, they just, I don't know. They're very more pro government. Know everything. I guess you could say. No, I'm not really sure how to term it well, but no, that was good. I, I get that. That seems to be. I mean, I talk. I have two sons. One is 23. The other one will be 21. So we chat, and I, I you can you can see how things are going talking to them. Right. And they'll tell me what their friends say and, and what their beliefs are. So, yeah, I think I, and I'm not sure where all this is coming from. I mean, I don't I don't agree with the gov more government control on most things, especially yeah. that personal right. So but this is not necessarily a political show. So it is <laughs> what it is. So what is your what is your match schedule look like for the rest of this year? Um. We have open nationals in September, and then the mm -hmm. week after nationals, we'll have NC section. Um, and major matches, that's about it. Um, but we do okay. shoot locals a lot. So no Virginia State this year? Most likely not. Okay. All right, yeah, that's at the – that would be almost nationals, then NC State, then Virginia State. Mm -hmm. You would be shooting three majors in September. So yeah, that's a lot. So what does your off season look like then? So your, your major season is over in September. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, you'll just be shooting locals until sometime next year. Do you so, take an, uh, do you take a break? So um, this past year after nationals, I went into carry optics a little bit. Um, just cause it was getting so cold with a metal grip, just, I didn't enjoy it as much. So I shot carry yeah. optics for SIG X5 Legion and that was pretty okay. fun, but I don't know. I guess my off season is kind of where like I have fun and experiment with things like different guns and whatnot. Um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do this year, but I'm pretty sure area six and South Carolina are also pretty early next year. I'm not hundred percent sure how area six is, but I know South Carolina, they, typically host it pretty early. So this year I went back to open in, I want to say March and just got prepared for that and kind of incorporating things I learned from carry optics into open, which I found pretty interesting. Um, I know a lot of people shoot single stack in the off season just to get their trigger control back and visual patience and whatnot. Um, but I, I don't know. I'll, I kind of have to go with the flow in the off season. Okay. So what did you learn shooting carry optics that you apply to open? Mac capacity isn't infinite. <laughs> that, that's um, and the magwell helps a lot. That too. Um, oh yeah. Now you feel my pain. Yeah. The first <laughs> week of carry optics, I kept on botching up the reloads 
and it, it just took a lot more dry fire than what I was what I was used to. I'll be honest. Okay, uh, now here's a question. I like asking this question of open shooters who've mm -hmm. also shot carry optics. Mm -hmm. What's the difference in dot movement for you? Ooh. Okay, so with carry optics, um, I was able to track the gun pretty nice. Um, for me, I found that it would kind of bounce up right at the rim of the window and then come back. Um, and it was kind of like a curved line. I don't know how to describe it, but I could track okay. it well. But like an open... arc? Like an arc? Yeah. Um, okay. And then with open, I found that if I get my grip right, it'll just kind of bounce just a little bit. Um, but if only if I'm stationary though, but that's okay. with a good grip and stationary and whatnot, but I found open, you feel the concussion a lot more. Um, uh, so yeah. like first getting used to it, it's kind of rattling, but once you get used to it, I, I find open really fun. I feel the concussion in the next bay over Dylan. <laughs> so I'm sure. I mean, every time someone shoots open, I'm like, oh crap, I got to turn off my hearing yeah. protection. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's like it's literally like a concussion grenade coming through. You feel the wave. Yeah. I mean, it, it's actually a lot better when you're shooting it instead of. I know because everybody else feels it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's directed away from you into the rest of us. Exactly. Kind of rude, what, actually. For everyone else's sake. <laughs> there you go. Everybody, stand back. Oh yeah. So, do you ever see yourself shooting anything other than? open um i feel like shooting single stack a little bit would be fun um i shot limited a little bit that was fun as well uh i, I don't know i'm just really I, I like trying new things especially um so i think i might shoot some lighter guns maybe i'm not really sure i'll, I'll have to figure it out when we get into winter to see how cold it gets and then from there make yeah. a decision I was waiting for you to go somewhere else and you didn't go there. So I'm going to have to ask you. And that is, um, you've mentioned STI and staccato. What about limited optics? You see anything going there? Ooh. So it's like a maybe. mini open gun. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, don't, I haven't really thought about it much yet. I just want to see how limited optics kind of works out in the coming months, just cause I feel yeah. like everyone's going to be doing it especially now that it just came out. Like, that's what happened with carry optics. Um, but I feel like carry optics, the streak has been very long um, compared to other divisions. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm kind of excited to see how limited optics works out um, and then maybe make a decision from there. I What's don't, limited optics yeah. With the iron sight gun? What's that? Shoot, limited optics with the iron sight gun would be kind of fun. <laughs> Okay, sure. <laughs> I think they would just put you in limited. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't know, just seeing how I would com compare would be kind of fun. Iron sight versus okay. optic. Right. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like we're getting some participation in limited optics, but because mm -hmm. um, I track like the participation numbers and all the different level mm -hmm. two and above matches from the USPSA website. And mm -hmm. there is participation. There's more participation in that than most of the iron sight divisions already, but carry yeah. optics hasn't 
really seen any impact at all. Like they're still double what open is. And then open is double what limited and the rest of them are. So I feel like until we know what limited optics is going to be, the numbers are going to stay low. You know what I mean? So it'll be interesting to see what they finally do with that. Uh, for me, I, I found that a lot of people that were getting into USB-SA would go straight into carry optics just because it was so easy to start with. And just the dot, I feel like it's a lot easier to learn compared to iron sights. So I found mm -hmm. that a lot of engineers also did that too. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, you can see what your dot is doing. You can't always see what that front sight post with your rear sight, what all that's doing, especially right. if you're target focused. I mean, yeah, I totally get it. Now, what does your make ready look like? So if you're getting up on stage one at nationals, mm -hmm. whatever stage one is for you, and mm -hmm. the RO or CRO says make ready, what does that look like? So first, I'll I'll kind of just draw. Like if it's an awkward drawing position, I'll dry fire that a little bit until I'm like happy with it. Um, but I try not to take too long because I don't like to make them wait. But um, <laughs> um, and then I'll I'll do some just watch the dot, squeeze the trigger, get a good trigger press. Um, you know, load the gun, whatnot. Do a final presentation with a gun fully loaded, and then holster, and then I'll visualize it one or two times. And then kind of do a couple deep breaths, relax, and then get at it. Okay. What does mm -hmm. your prep look like before you shoot a stage? So I will say the same thing. Day one of nationals, you walk up to the stage. Obviously, you've walked all the stages, so you're familiar with it. Right. But what are, what are you doing from the time they give, okay, your four minutes starts now for your walkthrough? Until the time you shoot, what are you doing? So the first thing I would do is just walk my original plan and just see how that feels. And then walk a different possibility just because every stage has like five different plans you could do. So hopefully. I would just uh, – yeah, hopefully. Um, <laughs> and then I would just try each of them and just see which one feels more natural. Just because actually shooting the stage and just walking through it I find are pretty different. So – Based on previous stages and different elements of each stage, I kind of like to apply those in my plan. So if it's like, hmm, I don't know. What's a good example? There was one stage at Nationals last year. It was like, um, it was the visual start one. You, they okay. would put off the timer and then the blue light would come on and then you would draw. Um, I, I walked that stage five different ways um but then eventually when it came down to our four minute walkthrough i kind of just walked it a couple times that day that one plan just felt nice so i kind of stuck with it and then after that it's just repetitions of that stage plan just to visualize and just count how many steps are from which position to which and just get the feel of the stage i guess you could say okay. just kind of really memorizing the whole thing I found really helpful. So how many times do you visualize that before you shoot? As many times as I need to feel confident. Okay. Just because um, if it's like a classifier, I feel like I don't need as much compared to like a memory stage field course. Uh, like a field play, right, or field course. And 
I get it. Now, when you're on deck and the guy before you just shot, are you walking the stage again or yeah. are you just okay? So I'll typically just have – so I, I have two sets of hearing protection. I have my inner ears, um, some foam plugs, and then I have a, like a headset kind of. Um, okay. Head, headset. And then – so I'll leave the outer ears off until I'm on deck, and then I'll put those on just in case anyone needs me on it. Like I want to talk to my dad about a plan or something. I'll leave them off, and then I'll put on my ears, and then I'll just focus – and then start visualizing it over and over, make sure everything's perfect. And then that's when I go to make ready pretty much. Okay. So you have shot your stage. Mm -hmm. You're done. You've mm -hmm. made, you know, you've cleared your gun, you've holstered it. Mm -hmm. You're walking away. What do you do when you get back to your, wherever your equipment is, whatever your, and whatever your equipment is, what do you do when you get back there? Um, so it kind of depends on the stage. If it's very sandy and I just dropped my mag, then I would unload it, you know, clean it, the whole thing. Cause last thing you want is a pebble in your big stick <laughs> on a 28 round stage. So, <laughs> I'm going to have to censor a whole lot of this stuff, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't ask me how I know about that pebble, but, um, <laughs> but, um, uh, it just really depends on the stage. Like if it's a muddy day. Then obviously you want to okay. This is gonna sound bad too, but obviously <laughs> the mag and whatnot. Um, but it's just dependent, really. But if okay. like my shooting felt solid, then I'll still do like a quick lap around the targets and just make sure everything was fine. But if it felt bad, then the first target I'm going to is that one target that felt bad. Um, mm. just being able to tell which shots were good kind of helps. Okay. Mm. All right, so you're, are you basically confirming whatever shots you called? So recently I've been trying – the way I shoot has been kind of changing. So I've been trying to – like each shot before I pull the trigger is I say good or bad is what I've been trying to do. So if it's a good side picture, squeeze. If it's not a good one, then fix it and then squeeze, um, which I, I feel like it's been really helping me a lot. It's been helping me track my points a lot better through the stage. And so if I need to make minor adjustments while I'm shooting, I can easily do that just based on how the stages felt. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then I, I guess from there, you just get ready for the next stage, huh? Pretty much. Okay. Oh, you ever, what's that? Paste, obviously. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I figured as much. Um, do you ever, do you ever talk to anybody about stage plans? Always. Um, uh, I always find asking different people about their plans helps develop your own. Like even if they're shooting a completely different division, just how they're like breaking it apart could be different from yours and you could apply that in a different way kind of. Um, I always enjoy um, talking to one of my buddies. His name's Chris. I don't, just the way he breaks down the stage, he always thinks of it like a different way than everyone else. And I've always found that really nice. Um, the stage at area six, where it was a table start, er, most people stepped in straight off the bat, but Chris, I don't know how he saw this, but his first thought was to run straight left after picking up the gun. And for me, I found that plan really nice. Um, I, I, I think I did pretty well on that stage, but just the way people look at different things really is interesting for me. Chris who? The Bruin. 
He helps okay. run the um, Phil Walter match too. He's he's our anal analyst. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's cool that you know you you do bounce things off of other people and and compare stuff. So, well, that's what I have, Dylan. Is there anything you wanted to add or um, um, anything else we didn't talk about? Oh, now I remember what it was. Never mind. I've got a, I've got the question. It's a two parter. Okay. What what is your strength and what is your weakness? Ooh. Yeah, that's a toughie. <laughs> I feel like um, the strength is easier. Or I don't know. Maybe the weakness is easier. I don't know. My weakness is definitely weak hand shooting. I don't do it enough. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, weaknesses, trigger control, visual patience, um, strong hand weekend, visual patience again, more <laughs> visual patience, and then inconsistencies and mental game. I'm good at going fast, and I'm good at pulling the trigger quick. Okay. <laughs> well, but you know what? That is exactly what I am very weak at, is actually because everything I've done throughout my life has always been a slow trigger pull, not moving fast. Yeah, exactly. So trying to get out of that's been hard. We, we always have those two terms, the turtle and the hair. Um, yep. When I first started shooting, I was a turtle. And then when I got the open gun, I, I slowly became a hare just because I wanted to speed up and catch up with all the people that are twice my height. <laughs> <laughs> now they're now you're taller than them and faster. Yep. Pretty much. Well, I mean, it sounds like, too, with the way you're talking, with the way you're gripping your gun and your dot basically not moving. If you're not moving, your dot's not moving. That that definitely aids in speeding things up. Oh, yeah. Um, I've been able to... I feel like I've been having more connection to the dot, I guess you could say, while I shoot. It's I'm not dot focused, but I'm still target focused, but I feel like I'm able to clearly see it a lot better. That makes sense. Just okay. the way I, I see things is has been improving a lot lately. Okay. Well, second time then, uh, and true this time, uh, that's all I've got for questions. <laughs> Um, what again, so I'll give you one more, uh, I'll give you another opportunity. Is there anything you wanted to say or bring up or, um, discuss we didn't talk about? I can't think of anything besides my dad hosts a really good match every first week in Esther Walter Gun Club. That's about it. Okay. That's kind of shameless self-promotion. So <laughs> that's okay. That's fine. That's what that's about now. So is he the match director for Sir Walter yeah. Gun Club, those monthly matches? So, um, he was the president of the gun club for about nine years, I think it was. And he was also running the match. Um, for a little while, someone else was doing it, but he had stepped down. So my dad had taken a spot. Um, he's been hosting it for, I don't know how many years now, actually. But he's been hosting it for a good while. And so we have a team about four a couple people. So my dad, he's the match director, the face of the match pretty much. Um, we have Jared Heinrich and Ben Barry. Everyone knows Ben Barry at this point. But they, <laughs> yeah. all three of them um, do stage designs and whatnot and help the match flow. And then Chris, the Bruin, I, I spoke about him earlier with stage plans. But um, mm -hmm. he's our tablet guy, our analytics dude. So he'll help set up the match online 
and then help with all the tablets and whatnot. And just the way they have it organized, I feel like is really, really good, especially for a level one match. I, I, I don't know. I just feel like as a volunteer sport, they have put so much time into it where it's just incredible. Yeah, well, it sounds like it's very organized. You know, oh, not yeah. one person's doing everything. No. So, yeah, it does sound really good. That's yeah. how you maintain longevity right there because you don't get burned out when there's four other people helping you. They do eight stages every month for 25 bucks. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Very fun match. In my opinion, I feel like a lot of times it's run a lot better than a lot of major matches, but that's just me and some bias as well. So <laughs> it's a very fun match. I would recommend anybody going if they're local. All right, there you go. You heard him. Go shoot Sir Walter Gun Club. I know that's Todd Jarrett's one of his favorite matches. So, A lot of people like it, especially on the East Coast as well. Be fun. But if you're in California, you can fly out. Oh, yeah. It's I'm all sure. good. Yeah, you know, yeah. airplanes. Yeah. Where should we just walk? <laughs> there you go. We, we Dylan, guy, I... Oh, we had a guy. He was um, coming down from New York to shoot Area 6. And he had come the week before area six, just to get used to the weather because it's so much, I guess, humid down here. So he came back, he came down a week beforehand and he had shot our match. And then I saw him a week later at area six and he recognized me. So it was pretty cool. Oh, that is pretty cool. Yeah. It's always neat when you travel around and see different people and are like, Hey, how's it going? <laughs> the, I mean, the friends you make from around the country doing this is, is pretty oh, cool. Yeah. You don't I feel get like that many opportunities. I've met a large majority of my friends to the sport. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I kind of grown grown attached to a lot of them. Like a lot of them have blossomed into a lot nicer friendships and whatnot. Um, this is guy I know. His name's Jeff White. But that man, he doesn't have a mute button. He just keeps on talking. <laughs> He's the funniest guy I know. Um, <laughs> we had um, carpooled him with one time to um, Pitt County Wildlife Club to shoot a match with him. And for the whole hour and a half, he just kept talking and talking. And <laughs> 20 minutes before we got there, he was like, all right, I'm sorry. I've been talking too much. I'll be quiet. And then like 30 seconds later, he starts talking with his mouth closed. <laughs> and then <laughs> I was like, okay, Jeff, just, just talk. And so he just kept on talking. It's insane. I don't know how he does it. He has so many stories. I mean, he's, he's a really fun dude to be around. Yeah. Sounds like a good future uh, episode. <laughs> yeah. He, he, I think he's in his upper 60s, maybe 70s now. He, he still has a flip phone. So I don't know if you'd be able to get him. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, that's why he has so many stories. <laughs> he, um, he could be your like, great-grandfather. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's kind of been like that recently. Pretty cool. Well, that's cool. I mean, I mean, look, where else in life would a 17-year-old have a quote-unquote friend who's late 60s, early 70s? You know what I mean? And I shoot guns with them all the time. Yeah. It's just an everyday experience. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed this sport. It's pretty fun. It's very fun. Yeah. Very addictive, too. Well, hopefully you stay in it for another 30 years or 40 <laughs> or 50. That's a long time. It, it is a long time. It really is. But I, 
I wish I had found this sport when I was your age. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really fortunate with the situation I'm in with my dad. I I, I couldn't be here without him, which is kind of crazy. Because, I mean, when I had first started the shooting, um, I was about at his waist height, <laughs> which is still kind of scary to think about because I'm not like eye to eye with him now. So um, I was about the size – I was up to his waist. And – it's kind of crazy because you can look back at like old Facebook posts and see how like taller I've gotten <laughs> within like a year. Um, I, I, when I started, I was about maybe just above five feet <laughs> and now I'm six two. So I used to be the size of a big popper. Um, there's a video Jarrett has on his YouTube channel and it's me walking in front of the frame with the nook because I, I, I score a lot of the time because of my vision. But um, <laughs> you can see me walking across, and you can I barely fit in the frame just because of how short I am in that in that time. Wow! I, I remember I beat my dad for the first time when I was ah uh, thirteen, fourteen, somewhere around there. Wow! I had won my first overall match when I was fifteen or fourteen, somewhere around there. It's pretty crazy to think about now, just to look back on it. But, I mean, it's kind of crazy. I've kind of grown up in this sport, so it's just been really fun just to meeting all these new people and just all these experiences. It's been super cool. So does winning an overall match like that make you want to win an area match or a major match or something like that? Does it drive you more? Oh, yeah, because if I can compete at the level I am now, at a local level, I just, it's kind of interesting to see how like the mix of hard work and a little bit of talent can, you know, really drive you. Um, so I'm a third generation shooter. So my grandfather did this when it first started back in the eighties, he used to RO a ton of major matches and everything. Um, and he got my father into it when he was just, out of high school into college. Um, and he's been doing the sport longer than I've been alive, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, my dad used to shoot with Todd Jarrett back in the 80s, 90s, and whatnot. And then he got me into it when I was mature enough at that age. And it's just been really surreal experience, just growing up with all these people and just learning all these new things. Especially like guns, wow. too. So fun. <laughs> That's a lot of history, I mean, in, in your family yeah. there of shooting. Yeah. Wow. Now, I don't know how you don't stay in the sport. Do you think you would be getting, if you have children, do you think you'll be getting them into the sport? 100%. Even if it's not the sport, just shooting in general. Um, I feel like it's something everyone needs to know, especially just to know about guns. I feel like it's a very important thing to know just because it's, it's your basic right. You might as well learn about it. And just having a gun, I don't know. It just gives me a safe peace of mind to know that my dad is able to carry and whatnot. Yeah. And I mean, it's, you learn in the shooting sports, you learn respect for the gun because oh, yeah. you know what it can do. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I it's, totally it's not get only it. a fun tool to have a ton of fun with, but it's also a, something very dangerous and you have to be careful with it as well. Well, Dylan, I appreciate you coming on. It's been a fun conversation. We're going to have to do this again when you become national champion or before. <laughs> Hopefully, maybe soon. All right. Thank you for having me.
Really, Thank this you. Really Until next time. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah.